Thank you, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Dear beloved in Christ, this morning, third Sunday of Lent, we are privileged once again to be at the feet of Jesus to listen to his word and to receive his body and blood in the Eucharist. What did you hear from the readings? Anything you heard from the readings? Anything you heard from the readings? Yes, he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Yes, you shall have no gods except me. Yes, you shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything in heaven or on earth. Thank you. Okay. I, the Lord, am a jealous God. All on the first reading. We will start on that note. Pay attention, beloved. Dearly beloved, there is no argument, historically or any other form, or in any other form, about the fact that the Catholic Church, your church and my church, is the church Jesus founded, the first church, so to speak. There is no argument about that. And this church has listened to the voice of the Lord since her inception. Jesus declared, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Every history, historian, everyone knows the Catholic Church is the first church. And those words of Jesus were pronounced to Peter, the first pope. And ever since, Peter indeed has been and is, and since he is the first pope, the leader of the church, he remembers very well and kept it into practice what Mother Mary told them at the wedding at Cana. John 2, 5, do whatever my son tells you. And they know Jesus and his word are one. So ever since the church has always sought to obey the word of the Lord. The, the church will never violate the word of God. What am I talking about? Over the years and over the centuries, many people have attacked the Catholic church of worshipping idols. They always put words in our mouths. Dearly beloved, the church does not worship idols. They always say we contravene this commandment, the readings of today. We make carved images when God says we should not. But dear friends, it is a misunderstanding of these commandments handed down. God spoke all these and as I said, the church has always sought and will always continue to seek to obey God. God spoke these words, we are told, and so the church goes by the word of God. Listen, 
When the word of God says, You shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything in heaven or on earth beneath or in the waters under the earth. That's from today's first reading. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Please pay attention. God, I want to make a statement. God is not against the making of images or statues. But God is against the worship of images and statues. Listen. God is not against the making, the mere making of images and statues. But God is strongly against the worship of statues and images. Anything that stands in the way of God, anything we place in this place, put in place of God, God is against that. And the church has never worshipped any statue. It has never worshipped any image. And it is not doing so today. And it will never do so tomorrow. So take note of that. The church is very aware of that. And beloved, let us know what the scriptures teach and what the church teaches. Dear friends, if God were or is against the making of images, take note. He himself, God, our Father, he is the first person who made the first image. God made images himself. We are told he created man in his own likeness and what? God made man in his own image and likeness. Beloved, you are an image of God. I am an image of God. The first man God created, he declared, let us make man in our own image and our likeness. It means God is the first person to have made an image. If he, is, if, he, if he is against the making of images, then he contradicts himself. This same God, the God we serve, the real God, who is not against the making of images but the worship of images, commanded Moses to make the serpent in Numbers chapter 21. Dear friends, I just want to go straight to the point. So pay attention. God is not against the making of images, but God is against the worship of images. How do I know this? We don't read our Bibles. We don't search the scriptures. Jesus says, search the scriptures and you will know the truth. Search me. I encourage you to write these quotations down. Exodus 25, 18 to 20. Exodus 25, 18 to 20. Exodus 21, 6 to 9. Exodus 21, 6 to 9. Numbers 21, 6 to 9. Numbers 21, 6 to 9. 1 Kings chapter 6. 1 Kings chapter 6, 23 to 28. And chapter 7, 23 to 39 of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 7, 23 to 39. And 1 Kings chapter 6, 23 to 28. Ezekiel 41, 17 to 18. Ezekiel 41, 17 to 18. First Chronicles 28, 18 to 19. These are just a few of the, of, the, of the scriptures that tell us that the church is not in violation of any scripture and that God is not against the making of images, but he is against the worship of images. And so we have to know these things. And God is not equally against the mere bowing to statues, but he is against bowing to them in, rever in reference to worship. 
If I bow to a statue, not as God, there is nothing wrong with that. But just as a, a, a reverence, what, respecting what it represents, there is nothing wrong with that. Bowing, there are so many scriptures, I'm not here to bore you with scriptures this morning, but there are so many scriptures in the word of God that talks about bowing. Moses bowed, Aaron and Co bowed, angels bowed, take note of that. Even on earth, there are cultures that bow to one another as a form of greeting. God is not against that. So we must be well informed about these things. Today, time will not permit us to go into all that. But take note of that, dear brother, dear sister, worship God in truth and in spirit. And be conscious and believe and know what you are doing. Let us have this at the back of our minds. That is the first point I want to make this morning. There are many other things the Lord wants us to take note of in today's readings. Amen. Let me be quick to add that there are several reasons why these images were made in the Old Testament and are made or were made in the church and are still used in the church. The images and the statues are meant for our instruction. In the early church, many of them were illiterate. And these were a means or a teaching aid to help them understand the faith. We all know the popular saying that a picture is worth a thousand words. And it's true. It's true. These images are meant to draw us closer to God. And let us think about it. Anytime you see or I see the image of Mary, for example, or the statue of Mary, what comes to mind? You cannot talk about Mary without talking about Jesus. So in effect, the image or the statue of Mary draws us to Jesus. Anytime I see Mary, I think of Jesus Christ. Mary, the mother of Jesus. So the statue of Mary pulls me closer to Jesus. Tells me something about Jesus. And there is nothing wrong with that. If there is anything at all, we should rather praise the wisdom of the church. Because the statue of Mary teaches us or reminds us about Jesus in effect. The statues of the saints remind us about the person they love. They love Jesus. And they honor Jesus in their lives. That is why they are saints today. So their images should teach us their virtues, what they stood for in their Christian lives. So the statues and the images are meant for our instruction. But let me be quick to add that we must take our time and educate our lay people, our old people, our illiterate brothers and sisters who don't understand. Some of them exaggerate their devotions. Some of them exaggerate their worship, so to speak. Worship of God through these things. So we must caution them and we must educate them. Any Catholic or anybody who worships, who, who sees in an image God and bows to it as God has contravened the first commandment. But as long as we allow them to draw us closer to God, there is nothing wrong with that. As long as we see them as mere statues, mere images, which are not gods in themselves, but help us to draw closer to God, there is nothing absolutely wrong with that. Take your time and go through the quotations I have already given. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's reading, we are told, dear brothers and sisters, that we should honor our father and our mother. We should honor our parents. Dear friends, if you are seated here, for example, and you are in conflict with your father or your mother, or let me just say your parents, you are not in talking terms with them. They have hurt you or you have hurt them. 
I advise you in the name of Jesus, go back home and reconcile with them. It's for your good. God will never give a commandment to hurt us. Dear friends, there is blessing in living in harmony with our parents. Yes, you may say my parents are difficult or they are what and what. Please, the commandment is very clear. It says, honor your father and your mother. It didn't qualify it, honor your good father or your on dishonor your bad father. No, it said honor your father. Whether he is good according to what he is doing, according, from your point of view, whether he is good or bad, from your point of view, I repeat, God says honor him, respect him. He is your father. She is your mother. We are called to have this at the back of our minds. Please, put away pride. And reconcile with your father. Yes, I may not know exactly the cause of that conflict between you and your father. But I encourage you to pray for grace and for wisdom. Pray for courage. The God who has asked you to live in peace with them, to respect and honor them, will give the grace to do so. Despite whatever it is that is the cause of the friction between you. Pray for that grace. And honor your father and your mother. Listen, the, the, the same, today's reading still says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And this I am speaking. And let us always remind, especially those who accuse us of worshipping idols and images. They are bearing false witness against us without knowing. They are contravening the, the, the word of God. They are contravening the scriptures. They always push words in our mouths as Catholics. They say, you worship. Meanwhile, that is not what we do. They are not patient to learn exactly what we do and they accuse us falsely. They should bear this at the back of our minds. But we forgive them and we pray for them that they will come to understand what we do and appreciate it with us. Dearly beloved, today the readings are very rich as usual and they are very clear. When we come to the gospel, my brothers and sisters in Christ, just before the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem and in the temple he found people selling cattle and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting at their counters there making a whip out of some cord he drove them all out of the temple cattle and sheep as well scattered the money changers coins knocked their tables over and said to the pigeon sellers, Take all this out of here, and stop turning my father's house into a market. Then his disciples remembered the words of scripture, Zeal for your house will devour me. The Jews intervened and said, What sign can you show us to justify what you have done? Jesus answered, Destroy this sanctuary. And in three days I will raise it up. Jesus took a whip of some cord. He drove them all out of the temple. The cattle and the sheep as well. He scattered the money changers, their coins, and he knocked their tables over and said to the pigeon sellers, Take all this out of here and stop turning my, my father's house into a market. Dear friends, Jesus caused what I call or what I term a spiritual revolution in that temple of Jerusalem. Jesus caused a spiritual revolution. Dear friends, if there is a time in the church today 
If there is a time in the church that we need a spiritual reawakening, it is now. If there is a time we need a spiritual reawakening, a spiritual revolution in the church, it is now. And dear friends, I am challenging and encouraging every youth, every young person in the church to rise up. Young people in the church, stop running away. Stop leaving the church and stay in the church and pray into effect the changes you want to see in the church, in the line of scripture. Don't move to any church. Stay in the church. Jesus was a young man. He didn't leave the people or the Jews alone. Even though they were doing things wrongly in the church, in the temple at the time, Jesus didn't vacate post. He didn't leave them and say they should stay there. Because of his love for them, he stayed there to bring about the change. He was a young man. It's interesting. There were many old people in that, in that temple over the years who saw the wrong things that were happening, but they kept quiet. They couldn't voice it out. It took Jesus, a young man. Dear friend, it will take you, the youth, it will take you, the youth, to bring about the revolution in the church. Stay. Don't go anywhere. Stay in the church and pray into existence. Youth, come together and pray together and bring about the change the Lord wants to effect in His church. The church has been turned into a marketplace. The church has been turned into what it is not supposed to be. The church has been turned into a party church. We love parties more than church programs. These are the things that people, the, the, the things they were selling at the time, distracted the people at the time from worshiping God. And Jesus couldn't contain that. There are many things in the church today that distract us. Many of us, many of our societies, we prefer organizing parties to prayer meetings. There are many parishes where there are Bible sharing, Bible sharing, there is Bible sharing, but they will not go. But when they mention excursions, parties, you will see them there. Dear friends, all these are idols. All these are idols. And the Lord wants to, to clear all these things. Before we continue, pay attention to this. The youth I am, in particular I mean. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12, he says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in your speech, in your conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Don't let anyone look down on you. Dear friends, look, young people, let us rise up. Let us rise up and take over the church, so to speak. Let us stay. Look, you go to some parishes and you see old people, old men and women are ushers and the young people are sitting there. Please, your mother is sitting down and ushering you in the church, carrying the collection bowls, doing the cleaning the church, and you the young boys, what are you doing? You the young girls, what are you doing? Rise up and take your rightful place. Jesus was a young man. Jesus was a young man. And he took the bull by the horns. Young people in the church, I encourage you to rise up. And St. Paul says, be an example in speech, in conduct, in love and in faith. Rise up and know your faith. Rise up and know your faith. Don't let anybody deceive you. I've heard people say, if I knew what I now know, I would have left the church. Don't leave and regret. Stay and learn. Stay and ask the question you need to ask. Ask your priest and pray more for faith. You have, I mean, you, we, we have an undilutable faith in the church. Stay and know your church. And don't be shaken by any false doctrine or any false teaching or any false accusation against the church. Stay, know your faith. He goes on to say in uh, chapter 2 verse 8, In every church service, I want the men to pray, 
men who are dedicated to God. I want the men and the women to pray in every church service. Men and women who are dedicated to God and can lift up their hands in prayer without anger or argument. Dear friends, Jesus says, You have turned my house, my father's house, which is supposed to be a house of prayer, into a den of robbers, into a marketplace. And Jesus says, Zeal for my house has consumed me. Dear friends, young people, rise up. Rise up. Stay in the church. You are going nowhere. Stay in the church and pray into effect what you want to see. The changes God has put on your heart. Many of you are talented in so many ways, but you are sitting down or running away elsewhere. Stay in the church and bring your gifts to bear for the development and the growth of the church. Bring a spiritual revolution. God wants to raise up young men and women who will cause a stir in the church. A spiritual revolution. Don't go anywhere. Stay in the church. That is the will of God for you. That is the mind of God for you and I. Don't let anybody deceive you. Stay in the church. On the spiritual revolution, when Jesus entered the temple, he expected to see something spiritual in the church, yet they were doing business. They were doing some things contrary to what he was expecting. And so he had to topple their tables and scatter them. Beloved, Jesus wants to see a change in his church. He wants to see our groups, our societies praying and fasting. He wants to see us studying our Bibles. He wants to see us reducing the number of parties and picnics and sitting at his feet as groups and as individuals. He wants to see a prayerful youth. He wants to see a prayerful generation. A generation that is hungry for him. He wants to see a generation that will hunger and thirst for him. That is what Jesus wants to see. And this is the spiritual revolution he wants us to bring into the church. He wants the young ones, he wants we the young ones to rise up to the task, to be prayerful, to organize prayer sessions, to organize evangelization times, to visit, to go on outreach, to preach the word. That is what we are told in the second reading. St. Paul said, we preach the gospel. We preach the crucified Christ. It is time young men and women in the Catholic Church will rise up and become very radical and very serious with the evangelization mission of the church. That is what we are called to do. And we are baptized to do that. We receive the Holy Spirit for that purpose. On the day of Pentecost, when they received the Holy Spirit, they went all out and they evangelized. They spoke. They spread the word. That is what it means to be baptized. That is what it means to have the Holy Spirit. That is what it means to be confirmed. And by virtue of our confirmation, that is what we were commissioned to do. St. Paul tells us in the second reading, we preach the crucified Christ. We must preach the gospel. In season and out of season, whether it is accepted or not, we must preach it. Dear friends, let us rise up to this task. The church exists to evangelize. Jesus had hunger. It was hunger that drove Jesus into the church. Jesus was hungry. It was hunger that led him into the church. We must begin to yearn and hunger for the things of God. We must yearn and hunger to know about our faith. We must yearn and hunger to know about the faith. We must yearn and hunger to know our faith and to stand and profess it and proclaim it. Let us not only be at the defensive side. No, we must be offensive. We must go out and proclaim our faith rooted in the scriptures. We must go out and share the faith and share Jesus. Jesus was hungry. That's why he went to church. 
Many of us youth today, we don't like going to church. Please, let us be serious. Let us wake up. God wants to see us active in church. God wants to see the youth. He wants to see us playing roles in the church. He wants to see us leading prayers. He wants to see us leading outreaches. He wants to see us prayerful. He wants to see us hungry for Him. Hungry for Him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Let us hunger for more of Jesus. For more of His Word. Many young people today don't go for communion. Why? We are missing out in communion. We are missing out from the body and blood of Christ. Friends, there is healing in communion. There is blessing in communion. Untold blessings. Untold miracles. There is so much receiving God. Please, whatever it will take us to receive Jesus, let us do it. Let us move away from whatever is preventing us from receiving communion. Dear young ones, Embrace the sacrament of the Eucharist. Embrace the sacrament of the Eucharist. Please, hunger and thirst for Jesus in the body and blood. In his body and blood. Hunger and thirst for Jesus. Yearn for him. Don't let anyone or anything stop you from going for communion. Hunger and look forward to communion every Sunday. Please, let us yearn for this nourishing body and blood of Christ. And young men, I must tell all of us this. If we have no hunger and thirst... For the spiritual things is a sign of death or sickness. If we have no hunger and thirst for spiritual things, either we are sick or we are even dead. A normal human being should hunger and thirst for food. A, a human being who doesn't hunger and thirst is either sick or dead. In the spiritual realm, remember we are spiritual beings. If we have no hunger and thirst for spiritual things, let us check our lives. We are either sick or we are dead. And that is very dangerous for us. Let us rise up. Let us check our spirituality. Are we hungry and thirsty for spiritual things? What are we hungry for? What are we hungry and thirsting for these days? Every one of us should answer that question. But God is inviting us to hunger and thirst for righteousness. To hunger and thirst for spiritual things. That is what it means to be a young person in the church. That is what it means to be a Catholic youth. We have allowed ourselves... To be insulted for so long. Let us rise up and declare who we truly are. And shine. God is calling us to shine. We are created to shine. We are created to win. We are created to shine. Let your light shine. It was this hunger that led Jesus into the temple. It was this hunger that made him not to allow things to be the way they were. That is the hunger. It was the hunger in him that made him to demand a change. Jesus wasn't angry, he was rather hungry. Jesus wasn't angry, he was rather hungry. Our hunger should cause us to put things right in the church. Our hunger should cause us to want to see the right thing done in the church. Our hunger should propel us to do things for Christ. Our hunger should lead us to Christ. 